This is Unreddited for the week of June 27th, 2011. Welcome to Unreddited with Countless Screaming Argonauts, the show that looks at some of our favorite Reddit stories of the week. I'm TFabP, the Fabulous Penguin. And I'm Max. And Max, I made a promise to you last week. Yeah? I told you about that cartoon about the holding of the door. <clears throat> and I said, you know, I'm going to find it. I'm going to look that one back up because I had it and okay. I lost it. And I, I went and I did find it. And some of the things were just really, really interesting. It's the same – it's the kind of discussion that people who are familiar with Countless Screaming Argonauts know that we've had before. Oh, right, where I'm bitching about the, the, the people who I hold the door for who then walk by me. Right. And so anyway, the cartoon is it, it, done by a, a group called uh, uh, Poorly Drawn Comics and uh, mm-hmm. very, very funny stuff. It was three panels. Basically, one was, you know, it was appropriate some, holding a door for somebody who was very close. The second one was a little bit awkward because they were further away. And the third one, you know, they were practically out of the picture and the person mm-hmm. was holding the door for it. And, and, you know, they had this very, very long discussion. And, and, I, and I just I grabbed a couple of quotes because these are the kind of things that you have said to me and, I, you know, made me think when you said them. And now here it was here it was written down. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy called uh, um, Junta13 said, so yesterday I held a friendly door for someone only to have them pass me in the corridor. About 50 feet from the original door, there was an exit. I was three steps behind her. She opens the door, never looks back, never holds the door, and now I regret everything. And drops it on my face, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's... That's what bugs me. Yeah, is it is it common decency? Is it a is it a, a loss of politeness? Well, for me, I was raised in the romantic notion of chivalry. But as women's movement has happened and the world has evolved, it occurs to me that we should hold the door for everyone, just because I like it when people are polite to me. And and so I try to do that to other people. I have a, we have this strange door at work that is in between the administrative building and the addition where they added the cafeteria. There's just a door there. It's an interior door. It's a swinging door that goes from one part of the hallway to the other part of the hallway. And I have a rule because I've often wondered what to do. A lot of people walk through there from the cafeteria with food in their hands. And my rule is, if I see you coming and you have something in both hands, I'm going to hold the door for you. doesn't matter the gender. I'm just going to hold the door for you. And if you're a little bit behind me, I'm not going to drop the door on you because I think that's rude. But otherwise, the door is your own. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, <clears throat> one interesting person called uh, Lost in the Net wrote, says, okay, I'm, te- I'm in Texas. And we do a lot of door holding. Why is this such a strange thing to people not from Texas? Oh, fuck Texas. <laughs> I did it again. Well, I wonder, is it, 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 I think the implication is southern hospitality. Right. I think you're right. The implication is southern hospitality. Because those bastards in Massachusetts are rude, right? Well, you know. <laughs> Jesus, God. Would you get over yourself, Texas? Would you just get over yourself? User-friendly said, I bitch about this in real life all the time. 
I grew up on the East Coast where nobody holds doors open for anybody and went to Minnesota for college and have people holding doors for me was the biggest, most annoying culture shock. Annoying? Annoying, yeah. Well, you know, I think that people I think that people feel obligated. If if if, if you're walking and, yeah. and and you've said this to me, if you're walking mm-hmm. and somebody is twenty five feet ahead of you and they're holding the door for you, there mm-hmm. are people who feel obligated to hurry up. Right. Right. To run, and to you, walk faster. And I have seen this. I've been on both ends of this at the door between the cafeteria and the administrative building uh, at work. And you know what people say? Don't hurry. I'll wait. Mm-hmm. Because they're from Texas and everybody's nicer in Texas. <laughs> One guy sleep, uh, who entered the sleep 45 said, I continue walking at the same pace regardless of the distance. If I'm way too far, then I feel it serves them as a lesson for the next time. Oh, yeah. Teach them <laughs> proper for, for being nice to me. Fuckers. I'll show them. That's right. You know what you, know what you can do? And, I, and I've done this, too. And I've seen other people do it. No, don't bother. I'm good. I'll get it. I, I, for myself, I, I've gone through the door with food in both hands. But I'll take usually it's a bottle of soda and I'll I'll hook my little pinky around it and then I've still got four fingers left for grasping the door handle. Mm. And, but don't you, you hate know, it when you drop your burrito? <laughs> I no no I don't drop my burrito. If if it's burrito time, I'm sitting in the cafeteria and I'm waiting until I'm done. <laughs> well, I, I I it's it's an interesting it's one of those interesting little paradoxes that that we have in our society, you know? It is a, it is a paradox. And, and I think, honestly, that the women's movement has changed the way we look at things. I think it was uh, a bit of chivalry, you know, thrown back. Just in yours and my lifetime, the role of women has changed dramatically. I mean, we, I was taught to hold a chair for a woman mm-hmm. and to hold a door for a woman and, and you know, to always be courteous and the women don't have to stand up to shake hands and all of this stuff which now is just just you know arcane and archaic mm-hmm. but i still believe in being nice to people and being courteous and and so you know i sort of modified my position to say i don't care who you are you know if you got your hands full i'm gonna hold the door for you right right if you don't have your hands full and i'm holding the door for you take the door i agree I agree. Interesting. Um, what do you got? Uh, well, this. <laughs> speaking of things we've talked about before, this is this is very close to my favorite bit of fascism, which is the Breedmaster General. <laughs> if, and this is from Reddit. If you had to call ten percent of the human race, what selection criteria would you use? And the cheesy goodness says. YouTube comments would be a good place to start. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and then I finally managed, Saint Sinner says, I finally managed to infect Madagascar. All I had to do was name my disease after my ex. She'll ruin anything. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not sure that really applies. But then the next one down says, if you, even if you got it, New Zealand... And Greenland. We're just just sort of set that one aside for now. The next one, I am Alsaeus. 
would cut 10% of the population that were slowest in saying, not it, when the calling was announced. <laughs> and then uh, somebody uh, who, whose name I unfortunately cut out said, apparently non-English speakers have a massive disadvantage. <laughs> to which uh, the expensive student said, oh, God, you've identified the weak point point in his otherwise flawless plan. <laughs> As it should be, says Roosman, serves them right for living on our planet and not bothering to learn our language. NBA All-Star says, if you don't like it, then you can get out. <laughs> um, uh, iBeach says, I'm going to wait here patiently for the angry person who didn't get that you're kidding. <laughs> and uh, Alpineid said, well, shit, now I know he was joking. You would have loved the British Empire. This is getting back to the one about the English speakers, right? Right. Uh, and then Ten Beer says, he said, Yo sacrificar el 10% de la probación más lento que Esteban diciendo no cuando el sacrificio se anuncio. <laughs> and to which nos feratu with the number two, which I, I kind of liked, actually said, actually he said he would call the people who use Google Translate, which I thought was pretty funny as pretty well. Funny, yeah, yep. As, and then someone else said, as a Mexican who reads bad translated Spanish jokes in Reddit, every other thread, if I approve that anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people do that too. Uh, someone else said, I sacrifice 10% of the population more slowly when they're saying no than when the sacrifice. I think you should just come up with like a basic question. One basic question. You know, I I can think of a half a dozen, but one basic, do you like Sarah Palin? And just put it in there? Yeah. And, you know, if, you know, you should be able to get 10% out pretty quick. (laughs) There you go. That's it. Just get rid of the Sarah Palinites. Because it really is. Actually, it's only like. 7% 7% of the Republican conservatives. Right. It's a really small number. So what would you do with Sarah Palin? She's got to She'd go be the too. first one to go. She'd be the all poster right. child for the movement. But I, I wanted to add, so there's all these ones in Spanish. And, and so somebody goes, qua. <laughs> <laughs> to which Proofrock goes, you go in the other line, Frenchie. <laughs> and finally, uh, somebody else says, ha ha, today was opposite day. You're the first to go. And and it was followed by, but if it if it is isn't opposite day, <laughs> then he is the last first to go, and then and that just finishes it. And it, it just flows a lot better when you're reading them in Reddit than, than when I say it. Well, that's one of those things that Reddit is very very good at. They get on these these strings start to go, these threads right. start running, and then you know it, you, you can hardly keep up. You got to figure out. We got to figure out, I got to figure out a way to read these out. I copied the whole thing, and then I thought, well, no, that's too big and messy. And then I started deleting things that I thought were not necessary, and then that I ended up cutting it up. So. Mm. Um, I have <clears throat> politics. Okay, sure. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff from Reddit, or you can go. No, go ahead. I got one more, but I go for it. Okay. Uh, today I learned the movie Euro Trip was filmed entirely in Prague, all of it, even the parts set in America. Hmm. That's interesting. Have you seen Eurotrip? No, I haven't. Well, you need to see it. There's two reasons. First of all... It was a shot in Prague. <laughs> well, there, <laughs> all right, so there's three reasons. It's It stars uh, the girl who was 
the daughter, the younger sister of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And despite the cover, she does not actually take her top off. Oh, okay. But it also has a stint in it with, what's his name from Goodwill Hunting, the kid that played Goodwill Hunting. Oh, um. Help me out here, Matt Damon. Matt Damon, right. Is the singer in a band singing a song called Scotty Doesn't Know. And if you haven't seen it, you have to see it just to see Matt Damon singing Scotty Doesn't Know. That, But anyway, you gotta you got to watch for Matt Damon singing Scotty Doesn't Know. Because it's really, really rude. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Well, I, I came across an interesting one. <clears throat> um, does anyone else feel kind of sad trying to explain new technology to old people? Now, this one caught my interest because it's something that you do. It's something that I have done. And I don't know about you. But I generally, although I do get frustrated sometimes, I I generally don't feel sad. But basically, the individual wrote this story. He said uh, a 63-year-old co-worker saw him watching a video on his phone. And I started to explain that this was the new Netflix streaming app for Android. She wasn't familiar with Android or Netflix, so I started to explain. And she kind of gets this glazed look over her eyes as though she's interested to learn what I'm talking about, but ultimately realizes that none of it will be relevant for her life. I always feel like shit after that happens. Then I realized shortly afterwards that one day that will probably be me with some kid explaining how his new hologram interface works. The thing about every generation has faces three Mm -hmm. forms of technology. Right. And take it from there. Well, yeah, I think every 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 generation faces three forms. The form that they're born with, that they use every day, that they accept as being there. The second one is the one that comes to them in the middle of their life where they're still young enough to learn it and appreciate it and see its value. And the third one is the one that comes towards the end of their life where they never quite grasp it. They never quite get a hold of it. And that they those those kind of intertwine for each generation. Right. You know, what was my dad's? I use TV as an example. <clears throat> my dad didn't have a TV until he was in his late twenties or early thirties. Right. Have you ever told a story about when you first saw television? No, because I always had one. But my dad told a story right. about when he first saw television. Absolutely. Absolutely, and that's that's a real good example. So, and there's plenty of them. Things like telephone and indoor plumbing, and 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 nowadays <laughs> things like computers. And well, no, indoor plumbing is because my dad always had indoor plumbing, but his dad did not. My dad didn't always have indoor plumbing. Right. My dad lived on a farm. Was raised on a farm. Went to the outhouse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And nowadays, but, I mean, now we're talking more along the lines of you know. Uh, laptops or iPads or or iPods or smartphones, and that's a whole different a whole different thing. But a, a lot of the people who got you know got into this discussion joined it because they were, you know, they were saying that sometimes people are too lazy to learn it, or you know, and and I'm not sure that I agree with all of that. I, I think that some of it is motivational. Well, I I think that it it reflects a certain frame of mind. Just like I've always said, or I've, I've said a lot recently, 
that some people are not capable of being happy. They're just genetically mm-hmm. not capable of it. I always think about Gary Sheffield. Some people just sort of don't rise to the challenge of technology. Right. I personally, even though I'm working in a technology field, think about this saying all the time and try really hard to make sure that I'm not the guy that says, uh, I don't want to figure that out. Right, right. <laughs> a lot of times, you know, my first instinct, when I go to my friend's house and I don't know how to turn on the TV, I, you know, it's, my first thought is pick up the damn thing and learn how to do it. And then I think, well, no, I'm not going to because I may screw up their settings. I may hit the wrong button and keep them from recording their favorite show. Right, right. So I do actually leave it alone. Well, that's an excuse that I used to hear a lot. Now, I'm, you know, for people who don't know, I taught adult ed computer classes, beginner computer classes. And so I was dealing with a lot of people, you know, people who would pick the mouse up and try to talk to it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's the level of, of, of sophistication I'm dealing with. Um, right. So for a lot of people, it was getting over the fear of, I'm afraid I'm going to break it. And I used to right. say to them, hey, look, you're not going to break the computer by moving the mouse around and clicking a couple of buttons. You know, yep. and when when somebody finally does break a computer by doing that, then I'll be the first to say, "Oops, I was wrong. You can't break the computer by moving the mouse around and clicking a couple of buttons." Yeah, you just have to yeah. kind of get them over that initial. And you know what's why people think that way? No, why? Star Trek. I mean, Kirk would talk to a machine, and it would catch on fire. <laughs> But I've done the same thing. You just have to tell them there's nothing that you can do that will hurt this machine. Right. Go ahead. And even if it's not true, I mean, yeah, they probably could do some damage. But it's possible they do? could delete some information. Right. Well, what they're going to be doing, you know, it's, right. it's just not going to be – it's not worth the uh, the fear. Right. I mean, people sitting there shaking in their seats because wow. they're afraid to do something. Well, we have people in our place of business. Generally, the people – they're not – People on the administrative side, people. There are some that need rudimentary, fundamental, you know, how to use a mouse type classes. Right, right. I have uh, uh, some other stories here if you want. Sure, go for it. Uh, This one I thought was amusing. Today I learned Kim Jong Il's deceased father is still technically in charge of North Korea, making (laughs) North Korea the world's only necrocracy. (laughs) How is that possible? North Korea is a (laughs) self-directed. And the word here is J-U-C-H-E, Jush, self-reliant state, described by some observers as a hereditary dictatorship uh, with a pronounced cult of personality, blah, blah, blah. Um, Kim Jong-il was replaced his father following his death in 1994. He was not replaced but instead received the designation of, quote, eternal president. was entombed in the vast Kumsusan Memorial Palace in central Pyongyang. Although the office of president is still ceremonially held by the deceased Kim Il-sung, the de facto head of the state is Kim Jong-il, and will soon be Kim Sun-un, or something like that. Yeah. Kim Jong-un. But technically speaking, the president of North Korea is dead. That's weird. Necrocracy. There's your word for the day. <laughs> I'm not sure I want that word, but... No, that's not a good word. Um, 
French President Nikolai Sarkozy has bucked the anti-nuclear trend following Japan's Fukushima disaster by pledging a billion euros in investment of atomic power. What do you think about that? Um, hmm. Well, you know, as long as they don't build them in any uh, earthquake zones or uh, or tidal wave zones, I I, I think they, they may be onto something. But <clears throat> how do you decide? You how do you how do you do that? Well, here's here's the next headline from Reddit that I, that I thought was relevant. Actually, there was another one, and apparently I, I failed to clip it, which was that Germany is is headed towards shutting down all of their nuclear. I, I did read that this past week. Yeah. Fukushima residents' urine now radioactive. More than three millisieverts of radiation has been measured in the urine of 15 Fukushima residents of the village of Lelate in the town of Kawata. I shouldn't have tried to say that. Confirming international radiation exposure, internal radiation exposure was learned on Sunday. Both are about 30 to 40 km kilometers, I guess. I was thinking that was kilos, millisieverts. Uh, both are about 30 or 40 kilometers from the Fukushima number one power plant, which has been releasing radioactive material into the environment since the week of March 11th. I wanted to dig this up because I wanted to talk about Fukushima because when was the last time you saw anything on the news about it? Oh, not, not recent at all, but obviously it's still an ongoing problem. Huh? All right, and here's, here's the quote of the article. This won't be a problem if they don't eat vegetables or other products that are contaminated. Great. Said Nanao Kamada, professor of emeritus of radiation biology. But it will be difficult for people to continue living in these areas. So all you got to do is stay there and not Not eat. (laughs) I I mean, it's, it's funny because it's absurd, but it's obviously not funny. Radioactive cesium was found both times. They did two studies in each resident. Radioactive cesium in each resident they studied. Um, so this is, you know, max. So essentially they're going to be paying the, the, paying the piper on this one for a long, long, long time. Absolutely. And it's, it's a big deal. And, you know, I know we had a wedding in the world, and I know Rod Blagojevich got convicted. Mm-hmm. And, and there were and other... And Bachman entered the race. Right. And, and, and <laughs> Newt Gingrich was in Greece. Yes. <laughs> but, Which is not a thought I want to think about. Right. But there, everybody in this study in Fukushima has radiation. Uh, in their bodies and um, you know I remember I was a big no nukes guy way back when and a lot of people said hey you know it's, it's safe now uh, just just remember Fukushima number one hmm. everybody in the study has radiation two different kinds well did you see recently where they approved offshore drilling again for uh, I as a matter of fact, the last thing I heard was some Republican on the TV saying that there's this platform out in the Gulf that's just sitting there idly wasting money 
because they 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 weren't able to drill. Yeah, cause well, I guess they're I guess recently they you know they're allowed to again. They're allowed and to again. And so you know that is that's in in some ways it's the exact same issue, is it not? You know, well, it's for people it, on the it, Gulf Coast who can't eat their seafood, who right? who can't swim on their beaches without being exposed to the um, the toxic hazard. Right. And and all of the Republican candidates are crucifying Obama for not producing jobs by oil rigs in the Gulf. You know, there is at least an intellectual argument to say, what is, how are we going to go back to drilling for oil in the Gulf of Mexico? Right. You know, I, I think there could be people of, of good faith, goodwill, saying, you know, it, it's time we go back to drilling. But I, I think you have to – the thing that bothers me about the politics in this country is nobody gives the other side – or at least the Republicans don't give the Democrats credit for being human, humane, or intelligent. When they say there might be a problem with this thing that we're doing that we did that was a huge problem. Right. I wonder how many, how many of those people down the Gulf Coast got their money. I, I, that guy that they set up to run the $20 billion fund, I like him. I can't remember his name. I think he's an earnest, honest guy, and I think people are going to get their money. I really have a lot of confidence in that guy. It's just my gut feeling. I wish I could tell you his name. Do you know it? No, I don't. But, you know, it would bother me the fact that it's been a year almost, right? Well, do you know that they're not getting their money? Because I think they are. I, I was under the impression that not – a lot of people had gotten their money. Yeah, I, I don't think that's true. I think the people are going to get their money. I think they're all going to get their money. And this guy who was responsible for the 9-11 fund went down there, and uh, his firm is getting paid a million and a half dollars a month, I think I heard, to distribute this money. And, and I find him to be an earnest and honest and, and genuine um Honest broker in this. I'll have to look that up and find out. You know what else you could look up? What? If you went to Reddit, you could find out that Guy Ritchie got circumcised because of Madonna's belief in Kabbalah. <laughs> no one else you could look up in Reddit? Well, that would be one of the things that the 10%ers wouldn't like. <laughs> <laughs> and you could also find out that now they're divorced. Mm-hmm. And you wonder. You still think it's a good idea? I'm not so sure. <laughs> Max, I think on that note, we may have run the course of Unreddited for the evening. All right, that seemed like a good place to end. Yeah, let's uh, let's again thank the people at Talk Radio Reddit for giving us this opportunity. Thank and, you, Talk uh, Radio Reddit. We look forward to uh, to uh, continued participation in in uh, in this uh, in this effort. There's a lot of good podcasts out there. Yep, there are, and we're glad to be all of them. I mean, some of them. Part of them. Part of them. Part of them, Max. Yeah, Good night. Part of them. Good night.
Hi, this is Miss Nicole of 8 Beer Sampler Productions. You've been listening to Max and T-Fab Pete, the fabulous penguin of countless screaming Argonauts, the podcast of record. Listen to their podcast adventures at csapodcast.blogspot.com or download it free from the iTunes podcast store. Just search Countless Screaming Argonauts. The boys love to hear from you, so email them at csapodcast at gmail.com. Finally, if you want to show your allegiance to the show, pick up some CSA swag and help make the boys famous. You can purchase hats, shirts, and mugs, along with other appropriate gear, at Cafe Press. Click the link on their webpage. And thanks for listening.